and wherever whatever church they want to go to that's fine but we're here as messengers and we want to thank everyone that is here with us from the start those of you that joined us uh, during the journey and some of you new friends that are joining us for the first time welcome home can we give God some praise it is all about him the journey may look different the packaging may look different but at the end of the day it's all about giving glory to God because he's the only one worth following Amen? He's the only one worth giving our heart to. I know we're talking about relationship. It's so important. It's so, so difficult. Uh, but even your spouse is not going to fill that, that part of your heart that only God can. No relationship, no money, no status, no glory of this world can ever do that. Only Jesus can. And that's whom we serve and that's whom we preach. Amen? So three outstanding years. And every conversation that took place, every decisions, of course, every welcoming that you did, every greeting, every smile that you did, it counts for eternity. And even the decor, we have some amazing decor people in the house. Yes. I don't want to put her on the spot because, but like, I'm like, wow, not just worship giftings we have in the house, but decor and outstanding things. I'm like, Wow. So we were just talking about in our huddle about Easter and Christmas and how beautiful it was. It's because many hands together make light work and make beautiful work. And it's so beautiful that we can be such a multicultural church, a tapestry, isn't it? It's so beautiful that we can be from all different walks of life, come together, serve Jesus, bring hope to this dark world. And so everything that you have done and continuing to do counts for eternity. Every conversation in the church and of course outside of the church. So I'm celebrating and shedding some tears. But I am celebrating the, the great thing God has done in this house. And uh, the blessing that this church was to this building also. We're talking about... Well, like I said, I will always talk about we the church. Because we the church. We are the church. In the church and outside the church. We are the church. And... Uh, the, 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 when, when the next step doesn't look like the way we expected it to look like, sometimes we can have different emotions, but it's all about perseverance. It's not about falling down six times, but it's standing up the seventh time. That's what my shirt says on the fine print. Like literally. Perseverance is better than defeat. Amen? Defeat is accepting that this is, you fell down here and you stay there. Persever- perseverance is getting back up. The promise for the year God has given us, and I love it when people rock our gear. One of our latest merch is uh, we had, hey, welcome Sindhu. Come on, I cannot continue without welcoming Sindhu. Come on, let's give her a warm hand. Our international dream teamer, leader, preacher. So glad to have you. The, the promise God gave us for this year was the word perseverance. And in our merch, we put Uh, From the book of James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. It says consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kind. How many of you curse when you face trials? Shut the front door. Sugar. Like what? Like we take like worldly curse words. And like put a little you know spin on it. Like. You know, maybe we'll do a series on fruit of the spirit. Maybe maybe I'll think about that. Consider it. 
When you face trials of many kinds, consider it pure joy. Isn't it amazing the kingdom of God is upside down? It's opposite. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. How do you get perseverance? When your faith is tested. When your faith is not tested, you don't know what your faith is made out of. Abraham was tested. Faith came out. When your faith is tested, it brings out what? Perseverance. Perseverance finish. So allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature. Everybody say mature and complete. So when your faith is tested, it creates perseverance. And if you allow perseverance, then it produces maturity. How many immature Christians have you met? And you're like, I never want to be like her, like him. This is the reason why many people in the world, most people in the world don't want to know about Christians. Because sometimes Christians lack maturity. Because they're not allowing perseverance. And they're not allowing the Lord to lead them through difficult trials in order to produce the perseverance. So it produces maturity and completeness. There are many Christians that are immature and incomplete because they are not allowing perseverance to flow through them. And then the last part of that verse, it says, not lacking anything. And it all starts with facing trials of many kinds joyfully. See, God doesn't promise understanding. I was saying that at a huddle this morning. He promises peace. When you go through the fire, when you go through the trial, God doesn't promise understanding. And if you and I were really honest, we would say there are so many problems in our lives, we cannot understand why God will allow it or what good can come out of it. But He promises peace. That surpasses all understanding. That's the amazing part. It's okay, Lord, if, I don't, if you don't want to explain to me why I'm going through these tears, through these pains, but I just need your peace. It is this peace that's going to carry us through the fires that we go through. It is this joy that's going to keep a smile on our face when we're faced with heartbreaking news. So here, those of you who, who, who have our merch, our latest one, or uh, have seen, it says perseverance, and then uh, on the side it says just crazy enough to see it to the end. Just crazy enough to see it to the end. We're not flaky Christians who are good, you know, like pop. We're not, we are not going to fizzle out. We're going to see it to the end until His kingdom comes. Amen? Amen? Until our last day arrives, until Jesus returns, we're going to persevere in Jesus' name. Amen? Because your life counts. Your conversation counts. Your uh, uh, showing love to your neighbor counts. You serving God counts. And we're going to, we are crazy enough to see it to the end. If the packaging looks different, if the journey looks different, we're not going to quit. Because eternity is on the, on the line. People's eternity, eternal des- destinations is on the line. And there's a, a calling for our lives, there's a mission for our lives. And that's what God gave Pastor M and I. When we were, tra- we were frustrated and then we realized it was a holy frustration. There was something that God put in us, a fire that He put in us, that if we didn't do it, we would have been... We would have failed in life. And that passion was to plant Next Level Church. We didn't, we didn't say, you know what, when I grow up, I'm going to plant a church. Like, Pastor M, I hope you don't mind me saying that. Like, being a pastor is tough. So, 
my, my, my kids are in the room, so I can't really say it. There's lots of great other options in life for you to do. But pastoring is not, you know, is, you don't get chocolates and lovely text messages and, you know, box of roses every day. It's tough. So what I'm trying to say is we didn't ask for it. God called us. And even when God called us, we said, God, if you don't come with us, we're not going. And God gave confirmation after confirmation and gave us this holy frustration about Next Humble Church, gave us the name, gave us the vision, gave us the, the passion for it. And we set out and we planted it. And so maybe there's some holy frustrations in your life, some discomfort, some trials, some pain. Maybe there's something God wants to birth out of you to make a difference in this world. And the God who did it before. This is where I find my strength, knowing that God showed up for me. God brought me through this far. I couldn't have done it on my own. It's because of His grace, His mercy, His loving kindness, His, His unconditional love for me. He brought me this far. So I know He will lead me the rest of the way. You can find strength knowing in what God has already done. So persevere. Persevere in the trials that you face. Count it as joy. Because the God who did it before, He will do it again. And that's my favorite song, Sam, isn't it? I told them on launch day, you guys, are, maybe I should ask you guys to do that again today. But maybe don't do it because I might, I might break down. Because He did it before, He will do it again. I've seen Him move. He moved the mountains. And I believe that He will do it again. I want to encourage you today. Whatever stage or phase or problem or trials that you're going through, the God that, who did it for you before, He will do it again. Maybe not in the same packaging, in the same format that you are expecting, but He will do it in a greater way so that your life can be a blessing not just for you, but to those around you, to other people's lives. I want my life to count. I want my, my time to count. And, and all of that will be put to the best use if you surrender it to Christ and persevere in all that He called you to do. And we're called to build this church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you getting this? Turn to your second choice neighbor and be like, come play ball or let's watch playing. You want to be a baller, short caller? Not shot caller. I don't know what that means. But hey, Ryan didn't choose me. I chose Ryan. Or oh, the other way around. Who knows? Who cares? Let's move on. It's the word of God. What I'm going to say, not what I said. Never mind. How many of you got used to wearing invisible masks? You know that is invisible... Yeah, I'm like, you, you look different. You're shining. To the glory of God. I love it. I'm so glad kids don't have to wear masks when they go to school this September. I mean, for many of us, it was great. You know, when you go to the office, you just have to do the... You know, you just have to put cream. I'm not going to talk about makeup because people be sensitive. I'm not talking about makeup. You just have to put, I would like to put cream on my elbows, so I'll make fun of myself. I wish there was a mask for elbows. Because I usually have crusty elbows, me and my son. <laughs> Unnecessary information. But we wear masks. But I wonder how many of us got used to wearing invisible masks because we don't want to show our real self. 
I wonder how many of us in the pandemic allowed our insecurities to grow. And now in the physical, we don't have to wear masks. But internally, emotionally, mentally, we're wearing invisible masks. We're putting on fronts. We're acting a certain way. We're wearing certain things. We're trying to show up to different things. Because there's insecurity in us. We're wearing masks to look okay. I'm here to tell you that God doesn't just want you to survive. He wants you to thrive. Did you hear me? He doesn't just want you to get by another day. He doesn't just want you to just make another dollar. He wants you to thrive. He's called you to be successful. He's called you to be victorious, not on your own strength, but through Him and in Him. And the root cause we wear invisible masks is because we feel insecure. We feel that we're not good enough. I'm sure if I was to ask you, be honest, put your hand up if you feel not good enough. I'm sure most of the room, including myself, will put our hand up and say, I don't feel I'm, I'm good enough. I don't feel like I, that God can love me or we feel insecure. But that lie is not just your feeling. It's a lie from the devil. It's a lie from the enemy. That lie of you not being good enough. But we accept it as truth and then we put on a mask. The mask of fakeness is our, is our defense mechanism because we want to cover up our insecurity. But check this, living out of your insecurity is the recipe for a miserable life. So if you have a miserable life, it's because you're living out of your insecurity. That's what I want to talk about today. Living out of your insecurity is the secret to a miserable life. In other words, making decisions out of insecurity, making decisions out of fear, making decisions out of fear of people, making decisions out of circumstances, out of in intimidation. And I want to illustrate this with the story of one of my favorite characters and in the Bible, Gideon. If, if you have your Bibles, if not, open the Bible app, go to Judges 6. Verses 11 to 16. Judges 6. So it's the Old Testament. Judges 6. You thought it was going to be just a cute little message. But God spoke to me something specific for today. And so I want to deliver it faithfully the way God gave it to me. Judges 6, verses 11 to 16. I'll read it for you. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. Right there. It's a problem. Threshing wheat in a wine press. Let me summarize. It's like preparing breakfast in a bathroom. You don't do that. Sorry. I'm a very imagery person. So I'm sorry if I give you a bad image. But that's what's happening. He's doing something he's not supposed to do. The method is completely wrong. I wonder how many of us go through the motion of looking like doing the right thing, but the motivation is wrong. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. He's doing something messed up, but the angel of the Lord. Angel of the Lord is key word for Jesus. Verse 13, Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? 
Is that something you would ask? Doing something that I look like I'm doing is messed up, my motivation is wrong, and yet, still, God shows up and He says something that I'm not feeling. And He's saying actually the opposite of what I'm feeling. He's saying, mighty hero. And then our response is, okay, okay, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And then our response is, if the Lord is really with us, then why are all these terrible things happening to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Put that into today's language. God, where are you when I needed you? God, where were you when this happened? When this hurt happened, when this abuse happened, when this pain happened, where were you? Same thing, Gideon is asking. Then the Lord said, go with the strength you have. Whatever you have, whatever little, just start with that. Start with whatever you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm calling you to step out with what you got to do something historic, to do something outstanding. And then the verse goes on to say, I am sending you. You are not going there on your own, but I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest and I am the least in my entire family. How, how can I do this? Like my, my team, my group, my people are the weakest and in my own family. Like, can you imagine? Like he realizes in his own family, like, like forget everybody else. My own family thinks I'm the weakest. I'm the least in my own family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites. As if you were fighting against one man. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you on the top topic of the Lord is with us. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your ever-present help in our time of need. Jesus, we thank you for loving us. In this moment, God, reveal your word to us. Lord, bring us out of immaturity. Bring us out of incompleteness. Bring us out of complaining. Shift our hearts, God, to count it as pure joy. Help us, God, to persevere so that you can produce maturity and completeness in us. Maybe we came in feeling like Gideon, the weak. But God, after studying your word, let us leave from this place as Gideon, the hero. As the Gideon who walks with God. In Jesus' name, Lord, bless my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So Gideon's story, I just want to quickly break it down. It starts from miserable insecurity, moves on to vulnerability, and then finally power. The problem is Gideon was so haunted by his low self-esteem, low opinion of himself. See, it's one thing for others to think low of you, but for yourself to think low of you, that's worse. And I think most of us would, would agree that we are the worst critic of ourselves, right? We are the brutal critique to ourselves. 
We easily forgive others, but we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. Number two, Gideon was uncomfortable who, uh, with who God called him to be. Because the angel comes and calls him mighty hero. And he's like, like, there's somebody else? Like, you got the wrong person. He was uncomfortable with who God called him to be. He thought the angel of the Lord was making a mistake. So, in a nutshell, Gideon's story is that the Midianites, they're the enemy. They're coming and capturing the Israelites. That's God's people. And the Israelites were freaking out. The Israelites were, were, were so upset. Uh, but the, 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 the thing is, that trial, that pain, that capture from the enemy caused the Israelites to do something they haven't done in a long time. And you know what that is? They cried out to God. When was the last time you cried out to God? Was it in a good time? Probably in a hard time. Probably when everything was falling apart. That's what the Israelites did. They didn't cry out to God in their best days. They cried out to God when everything seemed hopeless. When things were good, they forgot God. But when things got bad, that's when they came back to God. So God chooses this skinny, maybe pimple face, curly hair, skinny, 80 pound little boy called Gideon as the hero. Wow, that's impressive. That, that he's going to be the deliverer of the nation of Israel. Would you be impressed with that? So what was Gideon doing when, uh, when God called him? He was threshing wheat in a wine press. So I explained to you that that was wrong because normally what you need to do is you need to take the wheat to a hill with a pitchfork and throw it up in the air and the wind would separate the chaff uh, uh, from the wheat and the chaff will be carried away by the wind and the, the grain which is heavier uh, uh, the, of the wheat it will fall down to the ground and then you can collect it and you can eat it so you need to do this outdoors in a windy place like on a hill but what is Gideon doing he's doing this on uh, on a wine press indoors he's doing this indoors so that, that was completely it was a, it was a problem why didn't he do it outdoors? Because he was terrified. He was terrified. How many times when we get terrified, we lose common sense? We lose our training and the common sense. That's what Gideon did. He lost his training and his common sense. In that weak moment, God calls him a mighty warrior. While Gideon is going through the motion, frozen by anxiety. The first series we did when we launched was on anxiety. He was frozen by anxiety, fear of the people, fear of the people, fear of the future, fear of the enemy. And then God calls this paralyzed man. In his weak moment, God calls him a mighty warrior. I'm here to tell you that God sees you. God calls you as a mighty warrior. Tell your neighbor, you're a mighty warrior. You're a mighty hero. That's how God sees you. God sees you the complete opposite of how you criticize yourself. The opposite of the way you look and feel about yourself. That's how God loves you. God sees through you. God sees the gold in you. God sees the greatness in you because He created you and put that greatness in you. He chose you for such a time as this. For you to be part of this church. 
to do great conquests for God, to make the name of Jesus famous. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. So you think the angel of the Lord just showing up would be just enough to do the job for, for Gideon, but Gideon's insecurity just amplifies. His fear, it, it just amplifies, even after this, his encounter, this encounter with God. However, over time, Gideon accepts the challenge. He raises up an army. But it is just amazing to see in the story that God sets up the trials and the battles and the opposition in such a way that once Gideon wins, there will be no doubt it was because of the Lord. Hallelujah. There are so many stories I can tell you. The way the enemy was attacking us or the way there was trial and tribulation. But the way God led us, there would be no doubt to know that if it wasn't for the Lord, we would not have gotten the victory. So that's what happens in Gideon's life. He faced so much obstacles. But at the end, the credit will go to God once the enemy is defeated. One point that you can write down in your notebook. When we go to the new building, we'll check if you have notebooks. If you have no books, you can come in and you get VIP seating. Note takers are world changers. Sometimes I get into a fatherly mode on like take notes, but don't feel pressured. God loves you. You can, some of you are really good at memorizing. So like in school, I had this guy, he would take no notes. Sam, you're like that too. But everything is like recorded. Like I'm like breaking my hand, writing notes, but he would know more. So I'm not judging. I'm just being a dad. Just accept me for who I am. God loves me. If you don't love me, that's okay. But take notes. If you're okay with that. No pressure. But Jesus watching. <laughs> this is the point. Write this down. Before the battle of the fist comes the battle of the mind. If the enemy de defeats you in your mind, you're done. This is why like fighters, how many of you watch UFC? Don't lift your hands. It's ungodly, but I watch it sometimes. They go to these, uh, I forget the, the problem. There's like trainers that train them with the, with the psychology of fighting. They don't have to hate the guy to hit them. Like that was when I heard that the first time. Like fighters, as soon as, sorry, is this too, too offensive? Like is this too aggressive? I'm not, Okay, boxing or something. Once the, once the match is done, they will hug and, you know, because they don't have to hate the other person to do the athletic competition that they're doing. So they go to these trainers to get their minds ready to fight so they can stay focused on the fight. What I'm trying to explain to you is the enemy is always bombarding and attacking our minds because once our minds are defeated and once we accept the lies of the devil that we're no good, we will not succeed, that life is a, a, a misery and nothing's going to ever work out and look, I did this for God and God did nothing for me. All of those lies and all of those mixed up wrong emo emotions and wrong information that the enemy keeps feeding us, once he gets us up here, we're done. So it doesn't matter if your mom gave birth to you in the church and you grew up in the church and it doesn't matter. Because if we're defeated here, we're defeated. Before the battle of the fist comes the battle of the mind. 
The cure for insecurity is understanding your true identity. That's my point. So when you know whose you are, you will know who you are. People are going into the world. I gotta find my stuff. Just I, I love backpacking. I love traveling through Europe. I wish I did that. But some people, they're like, I just gotta go find the world. I just gotta hitchhike. I don't know. I, I don't know if you did hitchhiking, but I'm scared about that. But I just gotta find myself in the world. No, find yourself in God. Once you know whose you are, and that's what I love about my parents because no matter what, I mean, there are many things I disagree with my parents, but at the end of the day, I knew that I have a safe place. Once you know whose you are, you will know who you are. Once you know whose you are, you will know who you are. Once you know whose you are, you will know what to do. I belong to Him, so I must do what He called me to do. Therefore, it doesn't matter who I'm not. Therefore, it doesn't, I don't have to be what the world tells me to be. It doesn't matter who my friends are pressuring me to be. That's why God told Gideon he was a mighty warrior, mighty hero. Church, on my last message in this building, I want to tell you, don't focus on who you are not. Don't focus on the regrets. Don't focus on the past. Don't focus on what you are not. Focus on whose you are. Tell your neighbor, focus on whose you are. Focus on whose you are. You belong to Jesus. You are loved. You are accepted. You, you are forgiven. You have a future. God has a plan for you. God has a destiny on this earth before you enter into eternity. You are loved. And the good news is if we were the ones who put on our invisible masks to pretend that everything is okay, today I want to pray that we take off our invisible masks. That we let go of the things that we do. You know, sometimes we have to get certain stuff to show that we're okay. You know, material things or, or titles or recognition or, you know, fame and fortune to show I'm okay, but inside. So once you know who you are, you will know who you are. And today I'm hoping and I'm praying and I want to pray with you in just a minute that whatever mask we put on, some of us have multiple masks. It's like layered up in there. It's not just one issue we got, like including myself. It's, not, it's like multiple. But I want to pray that God will take it off and that we will start being vulnerable with God and with your connect group, with your small group of people that you're doing life with. Remember, Sunday is celebration. Weekday connect group is going to be where you go deep in the Word of God, where you grow deep together, where you can be uh, open and honest and transparent with one another. And so, once you enter into that place of vulnerability, next is power. And that's the steps Gideon went through. And then you can walk in the purpose God has for your life. You can step into your future. So God is saying to you today what He told Gideon. Mighty hero. God is saying that to you today. You are the mighty hero. 
You are the mighty warrior. Maybe you don't feel like it. That's okay. That's the lie of the enemy. But today you're going to stop believing that. And you're going to believe what the Lord says. You're gonna re- Maybe the doctors gave you a bad report. You're not going to believe that. You're going to believe in the report what the Lord says. That you are healed. That you are restored. Maybe your counselor said there's no hope for, the, for this relationship or this marriage. Or, but you're going to say, you know what? I believe in what God says. That He's the restorer of families. He's the peacemaker. So I want, I want us to close our eyes. And I want to ask a couple of questions. And then I'm going to ask you to get up. And I'm going to pray and finish. So close your eyes. I'm going to ask you this question. And you can write it down in your notebook or on your phone. What is the biggest lie you've been believing about yourself? Answer that question. It's for you. It's for you. I'm not going to ask you to answer publicly. Privately, what is the biggest lie you've been believing about yourself? Write it down. So that... That's the lie from the enemy. Now write down the opposite of that lie. For example, I am unlovable. If that's the lie you've been believing, now write down the opposite of that. I am unconditionally loved. Second question. What mask do I wear to cover my insecurities? What mask do I wear to cover my insecurities? So whatever that is, today decide to lay it down. So it could be whatever, you know what it is. What mask do you wear to show others that you are okay, in quotation? Third question, what are three statements I can tell myself when I need to flip the script in my mind and remind myself of who God says I am. What are three statements you can tell yourself? For example, I I tell myself, I am loved, I am accepted, and I belong. Because the opposite is what the enemy tries to attack me with. So what are three statements you can tell? yourself. To flip the script in your mind and remind yourself of who God says you are. Let's stand together. Let's pray. I want to invite you to close your eyes. And if, if God spoke to you in this message... Put your hand on your heart. Nobody's looking. I'm not going to call you to the front, anything like that. I just want you to respond somehow to the internal work that God is doing in your heart through the Holy Spirit. I want you to externally express that somehow. So I want to invite you to put your hand on your heart. Father, we stand here. We trust you. We love you. We believe in you. But God, we got some issues. Lord, we lay it down at your feet. Father, we pray together as your body that God, that we will not 
complain or murmur or criticize when we face trials or feel insecure when we are faced with obstacles but that God that we would find our strength in knowing who you are and knowing that you have come through for us somehow Father I pray right now that you would deliver us from our insecurities and the lies that we have specifically thought and mentioned this morning Church, can you repeat after me? Lord, deliver me from my insecurities. Lord, deliver me from the lies of the enemy. God, renew my mind. Restore my heart. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to live. Thank you, God, for watching over me. Church, God's presence is here. As we remain standing, if you've never made a decision to follow Christ, or if you walked away, I want to give you a simple invitation. Because we do not know what tomorrow holds. We do not know what tonight holds. But if we would give our heart to Jesus, then we would be with Him forever. We don't have to fear future. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear anything. And our sin is washed away. If that's you, as a church, repeat after me. Let's all pray together. Let's give our hearts to Jesus and rededicate our hearts to Jesus right now. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I welcome you to my heart. I believe you are God, that you died for my sins. God, I'm not worthy, but you make me worthy because of your finished work on the cross. I surrender. Be my Lord and my Savior. Holy Spirit, fill me now. I want to live for you. My life counts because of your sacrifice for me. that prayer come and talk to me or pastor m we would love to give you more resources and help you